Ladies and gentlemen, in the interest of not really having anybody who's up to the uh, standard that we would wish on the James Whale Radio Show podcast, um, I'll do the introduction myself. Or maybe, Rob, maybe you could do it. Uh, no, no, I'm happy to let the experts uh, do their job. Ah, right, okay. I mean, you know, we are looking for new radio talent. Everybody is looking for new radio talent because, let's face it, those of us of a certain age won't be here forever. And, uh, um, and you know, time is running out. But there is, there is a dearth of interesting and... Ent- I mean, the last, the last really good one, Chris Moyles, I allowed to slip through my fingers, didn't I? You did, yes. I should have, I should have signed him up when I first met him. Um, and if you don't know the story, read his autobiography or mine. Anyway, uh, we're lo- always looking for people to uh, to come on and do the introduction. So you you, you know, if you're interested, just uh, email us jameswhaleradio at gmail dot com. Jameswhaleradio at gmail dot com. Yeah, that's right. And then you can do uh, you can you can do however you want to introduce the show. Just do it on your phone. Record a you know fifteen seconds yeah. or something. Of even if it's silly, it doesn't matter. We'll put it out. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the James Whale Radio Show. <laughs> I'm Wendy. I'm going to put that at the beginning of the intro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> or you might want to do it seriously, like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, from a room in his home, it's the James Well Radio Show Podcast. Now we've got one for next week. Good. Okay. Well, I think we could we just play the jingle and get on with it. <laughs> okay. So there, are we recording? Yep. Are you sure? Yeah, I pressed the button this time. Good, good, okay. Uh, another way of getting in touch with us is uh, we put our special uh, phone box at your service again. Uh, so if there's one, something you want to say on the show rather than just uh, texting it or emailing it or whatever, uh, if you if you phone 0117 one double seven one, and we'll put that number on the website, shall we? We will. I'll put it on the front page of the website. Mm. Uh, so, if you want to leave a message, uh, even if it's just to say how rubbish it is, I'd be delighted to play it. Even if it wants to say how marvellous I am, or if you actually have a serious and intelligent point to put, zero double one seven two three zero one double seven one, and we will include some of your calls on next week's show. Right. Uh, lots to talk about. A royal family getting a pay rise. That's upset everybody. Uh, there's also uh, the, the ongoing discussion about uh, decriminalising abortion. Um, the sooner the better. But you know the thing that really stuck in my mind this week, and you won't have heard of this? Then there's no point in me commenting, is there really? No, no, absolutely not. Um, it's an organisation um, for men who have been abused at birth. Now... This is quite a serious point, uh, although there may be some smirking amongst some of you. Uh, this is uh, an organisation that has been set up by some men in their 50s, uh, some a little older, who realised that uh, they were, as babies, mutilated. Now, we do quite a lot about female circumcision 
in the media. But there has never been anything about male circumcision, has there? Uh, no. No, no. No, no. no. Right. Well, uh, since a case came to light recently where a woman has been trying for four years um, to take people to court for abusing her baby because she, uh, the baby was being looked after by its in-laws. Now, she was married uh, to a Muslim guy and uh, she was away. The baby was being looked after by mother-in-law a Muslim and while the baby was being looked after, apparently, um, it was circumcised. Now, we won't talk about the individual, mention any names, but leave it there for a moment. Uh, circumcision back in the 50s and 60s, of course, was quite often just performed as a matter of course on boy babies. And uh, most of us of a certain age are circumcised. I don't know whether you are. I don't know whether you want to share it with us, Rob. Uh, interesting story. I was circumcised at the age of about eight, I think. Gosh, that's brutal. It was at the time, yes. Remember it so well. Did you, did you take holy orders or what? <laughs> no, I just remember it. Um, I'm, I'm sure it had something to do with very, very painful to pee at some point in my life. All right. So it was, it, was a, it was a medical procedure for a medical reason. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's fine. Um, uh, because, you know, that, that sometimes needs to be done. But in, in, in a number of faiths, this is why I love to pick at religion. So uh, the Jews and the Muslims, who are always at each other's throats, of course, share one thing in common. They like to whip the top off boy babies' willies. I couldn't have put that better myself. <laughs> no. And I, I have no idea why at all. But anyway... The, the the fact is now there are a number of men of a certain age re, uh, coming forward and saying, listen, I've been suffering uh, psychological problems all my life because I was circumcised as a baby. I don't remember it, um, but I was circumcised and I have been I have been mutilated. I've been mutilated. I've not been able to get proper sexual pleasure in my life. And, and I have psychological problems. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I, I was circumcised. I, I didn't even know I was until you found out about it later. I think at school we used to, people used to talk about the uh, roundheads and the cavaliers. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, and and I, it's, never, it's never, I mean, I'm, try, I'm trying to, th to think back. Have I, have I in some way been psychologically damaged because of this mutilation. Now, my parents, both of my parents are dead, so I couldn't ask whether it was a medical reason or not. I think they look better circumcised, personally. Well, I don't really look at many, but uh, <laughs> if that's your hobby, that's up to you. But not wishing to make light of this, really, although there is a temptation I know about some people. Um, I don't know what it's like not to have one that's done, because mine's already been done. Um, but there are a lot of people now saying it is a completely unnecessary medical procedure. And what I didn't know is, of course, in, in these religious people, I want to call them nutters, but that would be very uh, offensive, I suppose, um, they are non-medically trained. No, I have seen it performed on a documentary once, and it looks quite sort of, uh, yeah, it doesn't look right, does it? It's just a, just a bloke no. just turns up and whips out some sort of, looks like a cigar cutter. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a couple of seconds later, I'm off now. Cheers. Any problems, get in yeah. touch with your doctor. That's a bit yeah. not right, is it, really? Yeah. 
No, I think it's disgusting. And I think any religion that thinks this is something that God would approve of is barking mad. Um, and uh, I, I, um, I, I'm going to do something. Do you know I've got this radio show live every night on talk radio? Uh, yes, I do, yes. And by the way, can I say hi to all those people who've joined us from listening to the podcast of Realise It's On and Come On? Uh, and you can talk about it. And I'm on Sundays now, 11 in the morning until 3 in the afternoon, so a sort of um, midday affair. I like, to, I like to call it Whale on Sunday. Whale on Sunday, that's at a... It's a bit like Mail on Sunday, yeah, but yeah. different. Yeah, and mm. Whale so as in you, Whale. Yeah. So you can call me and uh, and talk about that, or, or you can ring and tell me zero double one seven two three zero one double seven one. Leave a message. Your thoughts on circumcision? Obviously, if it's medically necess- uh, medically necessary, that's a different matter. But what really what 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 <laughs> what is it about God that He likes to see a roundhead? And I'm I'm now I'm sitting there since I was a very serious interview on the BBC earlier about a bloke who has uh, started um. A campaign. In fact, on one of my old television shows, I don't know if you've come across it yet. We did circumcision because there is there's there was a number of years ago uh, a group of men who were trying to regrow their foreskins. Ah, because in my brain, as you're talking, I'm thinking I'm sure I've seen a documentary about people stretching the skin to try and regrow yeah. the foreskin. It must mm. have been your show. I haven't seen it, it was recently. on my show. Yeah, I haven't seen it recently, but uh, yes, no. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, 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 these guys had some little contraption. They they clipped onto the what was originally the foreskin, pulling it forward a, a, a centimeter or so every day or every couple of days, and and then tying it onto a, a belt around their thigh. And I couldn't really, I couldn't really understand why. But then people do a lot of things. I can't really understand why. Um, it's just bizarre. But you, you, you know, we take female circumcision very seriously, quite rightly in this country, which is carried out again um, on girls for some sort of bastardised religious twaddle. And so I, I'm, I would like to ask all Muslims and Jews out there just to call me and tell me, why, what is it? Well, why, why do you do it? And more than that, why is it done by some kind of religious person rather than a doctor? It must have had some sort of training. Well, I'm sure they get slip trading, don't they? They uh, cigar cutter trading. I don't know. I really don't know. I, I find it very difficult to understand. I, mean, I was talking to Ash on the on the radio show the other day, telling me about the you know because he's uh, he's Jewish, almost a rabbi, in fact. Um, and he was telling me about the bloke who's got a great job because I was saying how easy he is to do it. Doesn't do anything. Sits around the studio and, and uh, throws the odd comment in when he feels like it. Um, and he was saying, you know, you, you, if if you've got a restaurant um, and it's a Jewish rest, restaurant, a kosher restaurant, you have to have a guy who just wanders around the restaurant, just making sure everything you do is kosher. What a great job! What a great job! Oh dear, religion doesn't it just? It's just the the funniest thing, isn't it? I think it uh, desensitizes the penis, doesn't it? Having uh, circumcision. Well, I've never had it without, so I don't know, do I? And you don't, do you? Well, no. Well, I had it for eight years, so I. Yeah, but can you remember? Well, you wouldn't have been aware of it, would you? I'm sure I would have had a fiddle at some point up to the eight years. Well, I don't know, and I—I I mean, I've—I mine was done when I was about 
a week or two weeks old, I presume. And I, I, I imagine it was done because pe people used just to do it in those days. But there are, this, is, this is a serious point. There are people who are, who, who are clubbing together and trying to get help because they think that they have been psychologically damaged because the end of their willy has been cut off. That's, that's a rather extreme, but it's the foreskin that's been... I'm not, I'm not actually sure what they do, are you? Um, well, I think they just pull it forward and snip, don't they? Oh, God. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know. I was just having a look and seeing, yeah, look, mine looks all right. It feels all right. It's sort of, I, don't, I mean, I, I have seen the other sort, which look a little bit, you know, it's sort of, I don't know. I don't like the way it pushes through the loose skin sort of thing. Doesn't um, a circumcised penis look a slightly bit shorter than it would if it had the extra bit of skin? That's a bit worrying. I don't know. I've never. I've. I've, I've never. It's, you know, it's, I'm feeling a bit squeamish now, so we'll we'll leave it there. But if anybody wants to comment on this for next week's program, I'd love to hear. Um, and uh, and tell me because uh, I, I'm unable to sort of compare and contrast. But if you if you've been circumcised and you feel that you have had over the years in your life a psychological problem and you put it down to the circumcision, um, then uh, I would like to hear. Um, so uh, whether or not this is the sort of thing we'll end up talking about on the radio, I don't know, because uh, I put out on Facebook um, this week, uh, <coughs> is the media more concerned with correctness rather than content? And is it over-sanitised? Because I think it is over-sanitised. I... I I, I was led to think this when I was watching the uh, interviews of people who had just been saved and people who had just found out they'd lost loved ones and friends from the uh, appalling tragedy of Grenfell Tower, which, of course, the, the, the lack of, uh, of management uh, by government and local government is continuing to, to absolutely amaze us all that they're in this huge, enormous catastrophe the lack of anybody able to 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 control, take out a plan, uh, have a, just the lack of everything. God only help us if, if if these people who want to be politicians can't do better than this. But it came to my mind that quite often people were very upset. So the uh, the occasional expletive bit like this uh, comes out, and somebody says, "I'm absolutely, I was absolutely shitting myself," and then you hear. The, the announcement presented, we'd like to apologise if uh, some of our viewers were offended by that. Well, you know, get over it. If, if, if people, if people in, in that sort of situation, we're being real, um, feel like that, most people swear. I'm sorry, are we pandering to the few people who don't ever use bad language? I'm not suggesting every other word should be f***, but, you know, in reality... Uh, language is something that most of us hear and most of us use every day. Now, I don't want it all the time like it is online. Um, I don't want it uh, any more prevalent than it is now. But when the occasional word slips out, or even the gesture slips out, um, I, quite frankly, I don't want to see apologies. I'm amazed, by the way, at Ofcom, because quite often Ofcom's main complaints come from people who are offended by a word or even by a look sometimes. Why don't people who get offended, and I know this doesn't apply to any of you, because you wouldn't listen to this if you were easily f***ing offended, would you? I, I, I just 
I don't understand the mentality of somebody when people are being burnt, um, when, when homes are being ruined, that they complain about somebody who, who used a word, a word that they don't approve of. And I think the media's a lot to blame on this. There's a lot of, you know, Ofcom sort of pander to this. And so I think it's about time that we took a step back and we thought that our, our news coverage in particular, you see, you get away with it in plays. And if it's considered or deemed to be in context in a play you can, or a film, you can get away with it. Well, real life, of course, is how you reflect in films and plays. But the news media, I mean, we're very careful not to show uh, too much in the way of gore and dead bodies. And in a way... I think that's wrong. I don't want to see mutilation. I don't want to see cruelty or anything like that. But every now and then, you know, you see a child running from the rubble in tears from somewhere in Syria and Iraq. Now, that, that is, is appalling. If you were to see that child's brother, sister, mother, father lying blown to pieces on the ground, people would get very upset and they would probably complain. And I would say, I don't want to see that all the time. It depresses me now. Um, and people would complain about that. But, you know, we're sanitizing our news in such a way that we're trying to pretend things are far better than they actually are. You know, we see people running out of bombed buildings, children looking for mothers and things like that, but we don't see much blood. We don't see bits of bodies. And perhaps we don't realize the actual aftermath of a war or what happens. No, what we tend to do is sit back and moan that people fleeing from that sort of tyranny are coming over to this country and clogging it up. I suggest those people who, who complain about facile things go and get themselves a f***ing life. Good. Silences always speak louder than words on the radio, don't they? Well, they worry me. Yeah, but there are some that should be left in. And so uh, I put that out on Facebook because I actually do feel really annoyed about the amount of, of, of um, uh, people who get more concerned. And, and, you know, producers in particular. Oh, my God. I've, you know. Uh, oh, you, oh, oh, you just you, you said uh, damn. Yeah. Oh, we, we might upset religious people. Well, tell them not to listen. Anyway, um, Ed Wood Owens uh, said the media is only concerned with what the government tell them to try and brainwash the public with. Ed, that's complete bollocks, mate. Uh, Debbie Bay says, would like them just to report the news and not constantly listen to their personal opinions. Um, well, <laughs> you got a point there, Debbie, which is why I'm not a journalist. I just want to give my opinion. I don't want to, you know, we know the news then I want, to rip, I want to give my opinion on it. And I want newsreaders not to apologise every time somebody they're interviewing says something that might offend some people, which is the whole point of this. Mark O'Neill says the short answer is yes. Political correctness has killed the British way of life. Mark O'Neill, I salute you, sir, because you are absolutely right. Um, let me go off at a tangent here. I'm going I'm to campaign for safe spaces for men. Safe. Oh, right. Is this in relation to safe spaces for fragile people? Yeah, yeah. Safe spaces for men. I'm going to write this down. Do it on my show, on radio. Safe sp by live one spaces for men. 
Because there's nowhere men can go anymore and be men, right? That is true, yes, yeah. You know, you're not, you can't have a bar for men only anymore, can you? Or a club for men only. Yeah, you used to have golf clubs for men only. That's, that's slowly disappearing. Yeah, but everywhere, you know, men like to congregate with, so do women. Look, I made this point the other day. You go into a woman's toilet, not that I do often, you go into a woman's toilet, and women all are standing around gossiping and chatting um, in a way that they wouldn't do if there were men there. Yeah. Because a woman's toilet is more sociable. It's got a kind of space where you can do your makeup and stand around and chat. When you go into a men's bog, A, it stinks, and B, you don't want to stand around talking to guys in there. You want to get the hell out as soon as you can. Men don't like to talk to other men whilst getting their bits out. There's more seats in the woman's toilet. Yeah. So, men need a place, and there are very, very few of them. And this was actually brought... Um, brought to, to my attention by, was it Samuel Smith, Sam Smith, the brewery, who said they're, they're banning banning swearing in pubs. What? Yeah. Yeah, how can they do that? Well, they can do it. But they have, and one pub closed down for three days because the, uh, the people in the pub kept swearing, and the landlord didn't like it, so he closed the pub. He's obviously got lots of money then, this uh, landlord, doesn't he? He's obviously make a killing. Well, it's a ridiculous... I mean, he's, a, he's obviously a manager, I would have thought. Um, it's a ridiculous thing to do. Men need to be men. And, uh, and, and Mark O'Neill, you're absolutely right. Political correctness is killing the British way of life. Uh, you can email us, uh, jameswellradio at gmail.com with your views on any of the stories. Uh, you can uh, now ring and leave a message. We'll play it out on the programme next week. 0117 uh, Nick Edmund says, uh, the media has its own agenda and narrative. It hides the truth, and the truth becomes the new hate crime. I honestly believe if we don't get a grip of this, we are finished as a viable nation. Can I look, Nick Edmonds and... Um, uh, who was it? Uh, Edward Owens. Can I look, look, guys? You're completely fucking barking mad, right? First of all, nobody tells me what I can talk about and what I can't talk about on the air. And if they do, then I don't work there. I used to do the. the I used to occasionally go and do newspaper reviews for this this morning program, but they don't do it anymore. And I don't mind going and chatting about what's in the news if I want to do it, but I I could not get on with them suggesting the story, or, or not even suggesting, just having the stories typed out and you go in to talk about the news agenda of the uh, the day as far as I was concerned, and I was given the stories they wanted me to talk about. So, you know, there are some people, and I, I think they... I don't think they do it because they have an agenda. I think they do it because a lot of people... Um, who work in the media are scared of their own shadows. Yeah, there's, there's no guy dressed in black wandering around all the news. No, so. There's nobody... There's, I, I have suggested that somebody from Ofcom come and sit on my show and, and, and they can give me guidance as I go along, if they would like. And I can confirm that I don't tell you what to say. You can, yeah. And, and, and people have over the years tried to, but uh, I over the years have managed to uh, persuade them that they were barking up the wrong tree. Uh, Lisa Gordon uh, says, news is about pushing agenda and narrative so that we go along with their foreign policy, which enriches and elites uh, the elite and keeps powerful in power and the rest of us under the thumb. You see, Lisa, this isn't true either, right? 
Uh, the news is the news, and if you do something that's newsworthy, we'll report it, we'll talk about it if you tell us. You know, we don't make up the news. The new when Grenfell Tower burnt, it, it, we weren't reporting that because somebody, you know, and I know a lot of people say, oh, well, they're trying to hide how many people died. That That isn't the case. The case is that probably in Grenfell Tower, we will never know how many people died because we will never know unless people come forward and say um, who was there. There will be some people there who nobody missed, who, who were on their own, who may well have been staying with friends and the entire... Uh, family may have been sadly killed and other people may not have known that somebody was staying. You know, we might not know. Around 100 people have probably lost their lives, but the actual number we may never know. Not because of any any cover-up or anything like that. And also, I have to tell you, uh, that certain rules and regulations that apply to the broadcast media, I find pretty annoying and that is that when we go to an election i can have an opinion now on what i think about theresa may what i think about jeremy corbyn what i think about whoever leads the s liberal democrats um and i uh, when we're in a run-up to an election i can have no opinion at all because that i might i might convince you uh, that i'm right everybody else you know in the in the written media the newspapers and the politicians can tell you what they think and what you should do but nobody in the broadcast media like me can um, so there are lots of rules and regulations in to try and actually make it fair. I think one of the things, and I think, uh, Lisa, you need to think about this, I think people need to take more responsibility for making their own minds up. Mark Summers says, if PC stood for polite and courteous, which is all it really means, instead of political correctness, would it still get so much abuse? Yeah, it would. Polite and courteous. So, you know, what is polite and courteous? And why should why should your view, um, Mark Summers, of being polite and courteous um, be my view? You, you know, you might not like swearing, then uh, you won't swear. And if you don't like me swearing in front of you, you might tell me and I may or may not decide uh, to, to, uh, to take that into account. But because you think behaving in a certain way is polite and courteous, I might not. In fact, I might think it's downright downright patronising some of the ways some people think they're being polite and courteous. Uh, Julianne Smith says, I, I think, they think, the country revol revolves around London. The British people that live outside London and our opinions are only voiced in referendums or elections. Uh, then they are heard and then they haven't got a clue what to do with the decisions we choose. They need to step aside the capital and live in different parts of the country. Well, Julie, you see, this is, I know people think like that, and I've lived and worked all over the country. Um, but London is the capital. London is where the decisions are made, because that's what happens in countries. You have your parliaments in the capital. But, you know, politicians live in their communities. And I would, I would actually hazard a guess, as a vast majority of us couldn't name more than a probably 10 politicians, maybe 15. There are 600 odd in the house um, and they live all over the country. And, you know, how many times do people go and talk to their representative? Not nearly enough, is my view. Um, 
Stavros says, uh, political correctness has absolutely and utterly destroyed the country. Mark Gibbs says, I think the media is more interested in entertainment than news. Um, well, the media is entertaining and the media is newsworthy, uh, Mark. It's interested in uh, both. Uh, I don't think you would say the news channels are particularly entertaining, um, unless you're very strange. I mean, they should be more entertaining. I think we should deliver news in a more entertaining way. But my problem is that the media is, as I said, more concerned about not hurting people's feelings than actually getting on uh, with what's happening. Uh, your thoughts, you could uh, get in touch, 0117-230-1771. What's the number, Rob? Um, I got you to write it down. I didn't write it down. Got it, actually. 0117-230-1771. That's correct. I've, you I've, notice I'm still not using the letter O in numbers. That's because it's not correct. No, I know, but everybody says O, but I've got this campaign and uh, I'm not using the uh, word O again. Because everybody does it on commercials, they do it. They do it everywhere. Say zero and be a hero. Say zero and be a hero. Oh, that's a good little... That's a soundbite I haven't heard. Did you make that up? I just did, then, just then, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Very good indeed. So, anyway, any thoughts on the media? Yeah, why is it that uh, the other night I was listening to uh, Glastonbury, not by choice, it was just on the radio, and it was about 8 o'clock and the artists were swearing, using the F word continually, and then mm. after the watershed they can't use clips with swearing in uh, in the news? Well, I rest my case. I rest my case. Because, you, you know, it, they want to sanitise everything. Yeah, as your friend Bernard Manning used to say, when you drop a hammer on your foot, you wouldn't say, oh, dear... Would you? No, you wouldn't. Oh, and, and you know, some people get very upset if you say damn. That's a religious thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's. I mean, bloody is a religious swear word, isn't it? A lot of people get upset about that, but that's become not really that offensive, although we still... Now the media again, because I don't know whether it's a bunch of snowflakes um, who are running the media or what, I, but people are getting more and more concerned about this and not concerned about the real issues. What if I went into a butcher's and said, "Look at that bloody top"? Would that would that be swearing? Would that would that be allowed? Um, you could say you've got blood all over your top. So I couldn't say that's a bloody top. Well, it would be grammatically wrong, wouldn't it? Oh, no, fair enough. Yeah, you wouldn't want the gra- grammar you know, police. Uh, yeah, out no, after you wouldn't you. want you wouldn't want it. But it doesn't make any sense either. You're wearing a very bloody top today. You could say that. <coughs> Yeah, you could. Yeah, let's drop this like a hot potato. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Should we? Uh, should we play some Muzak? Some Muzak with a K. Yeah. Why? Well, oh, f- you see what? Sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm um, leaving that in. <clears throat> well, I'm, I just what? dropped something. <laughs> yeah, but it was an interesting choice of words you used there. <laughs> yeah, I should have said, "Oh, blast and damn." Uh, right, music. Jessica Lynn. I like a bit of country. This is um, sort of country pop. And this is Jessica Lynn's new single. It's called Crazy Idea.
Crazy idea from uh, Jessica Lynn. That was nice. I like that. Yes, uh, I like that too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Touring the UK in July. Make sure you see her if you uh, you like that kind of music. Now, uh, um, by the way, if you want to play uh, on the program, if you want uh, to have your music given to a huge, huge, hundreds of thousands audience, and thank everybody for listening into this program. Whether you listen on uh, on YouTube, on Audio Boom, on um, on on your local radio station, goes out all over the place, wherever. Thank you for listening, um, and tell your friends to tune in. Yeah, even if it's just because yeah. you hate the show and you want to tell people yeah, yeah, how, how bad yeah, it is. Tune in and yeah, that's that's, that's good. Um, shall we do tech talk? Yeah, we can do tech talk. I've got lots lots of things this week. Oh, I'm glad about that. Uh, should we talk about fingerprint IDs? Oh, I use that on my phone. Yeah, well, now it, now they can do it inside the actual glass, so you don't need the uh, fingerprint, you know, the round bit at the bottom. They've worked mm. out a way of doing it through the glass, through the screen, by sending vibrations to the uh, finger, which give uh, different pulses depending on it's a peak or a trough, so it knows which your finger is, so that'll be coming soon. Um, Facebook have uh, reached 2 billion users. Most of that was a fake accounts, anyway, I would imagine. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, what else we got? We got um, sucking of CO two. Are you sure we can talk about that? There's a company uh, that uh, have made a machine that can uh, suck in the CO two and put it into bottles, and it would take seven hundred and fifty thousand of these machines to remove one percent of the CO two emissions in the air. And what would happen if we do all that? We'd have a lot more fizzy drinks. Yeah. But, you know, we go on about this uh, uh, CO2 and all that sort of stuff. But isn't methane the real problem? Yeah, methane's useful, though, isn't it, if you can bottle that? And they they are, I think, in certain uh, places. Yeah, but, I mean, the amount of farting that cows do on this planet is one of the biggest uh, contributors to greenhouse gases, I was told. It's a, it's a contribution to it, yeah. I wouldn't say it was one of the biggest, is it? There's not that many cows on the planet, is there? Yeah, billions. Well, I suppose there is billions of cows, yeah. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. And, and what they... they uh, Because of the way their stomachs... They've got a number of stomachs, seven, I think. Um, they produce... Each cow produces an almost a constant stream of methane. I'm sure there are barn conversions that people have done where they capture the methane, I'm sure, and then run their tractors mm. from it. Yeah. What well, you can do, but, I mean, the, the, the amount of methane that is escaping um, and can't be harnessed is uh, more of a problem than the CO2. That's all I'm asking. I'm not, I don't know. I'm just asking the question. We will just naturally evolve to uh, absorb methane won't we, as part of our will diet. We? Yeah, I would imagine that's yeah. what's going to happen. If we if we survive that long, yeah. And uh, are you are you afraid of needles? Do you like needles? I don't mind them. No. I quite like. I I love acupuncture. It's quite fun. Okay. Well, there's a sticky plaster coming out, um, which has got like a thousand little micro needles on, like a like a stinging nettle, but it doesn't mm. cause you any pain. That they're going to be introducing the flu vaccine. So you just put it on as a patch. So I never take the flu vaccine because I don't. They can only vaccinate you against strains of flu that have already been and most of us have built up some kind of um um some 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 kind of defense against that so all they're doing uh is um immunizing you against flus that have already been around and the problem with the flus that do more harm are the flus that nobody knows about like man flu yeah Anyway, very very interesting. Yeah, very interesting indeed. Um, uh, so no needles in the future. Just slap on a plaster. Any more? Uh, no, I can do films now. Can you? Yeah. You haven't had much to say good about films over the past couple of weeks, have you? No, and this one's no better. Which is this? This is the film called Churchill. Churchill? It's about the little dog in the back of the uh, car window that nods his head. Really? No, no, it's about this guy called Winston... Oh, right. Yeah, go on them. Um, I went to go and see it. How many more films are there going to be about Winston Churchill? Well, this is the first one I've ever seen. He did appear in Doctor Who once, and he fought against the Daleks. But um, I wasn't born, and I wasn't living around the time when the war was on. But as as a growing up, I, I sort of got the impression that Churchill was one of these uh, British greats, you know, mm. respected and... He fought the war and he won the war and, you know, he's... Well, he was a... Churchill was a great wartime leader. I wasn't around during the war, but he was... He was an entertainer. He could rally people, make them feel great, and and that's what a, a good leader in a crisis situation should do. But after the war, people got upset with him and bumped him off for a bit. Well, in this film, it was, it was sort of the last few days just before the D-Day landings, 
and he was portrayed as like a bumbling idiot that nobody liked or respected um, and didn't want to listen to him. Um, in fact, the uh, army refused to take his orders. And I just watched the film and thinking, that's not the Churchill I was brought up to. Again, I wasn't around at the time, but I just left the film feeling very confused. You know, he never satisfied his wife sexually. You know, it's just like, what's the point in this movie? I just... I. Yeah. And how would anybody know whether or not he satisfied his wife sexually? And why would we be interested to find out? You know, alcoholic. Well, he liked to drink. He smoked a cigar. Um, but he, he he was a larger-than-life character. Um, and I'm old enough to remember his last time as Prime Minister after the war, sort of in the 60s, wasn't he? Still Prime Minister in part of the 60s, I think. Up to the age of 80, I think. He was a prime yeah. um, and uh, you know it was. Uh, it, I I don't know much. I have to be honest with you. I don't know much about him. I'm. I'm I don't. Uh, I get I, as far as the Second World War is concerned. I just get fed up with the amount of rubbish is spoken by Americans saying how they uh, saved us. Oh, it was. I got the impression it was like a made by Americans. The Americans, you know, were the ones that were fighting for the D-Day landings mm. and Churchill was opposing them. It just it just didn't make any sense to me. I mean, unless mm. I've been told all my life well, that Churchill... Well, the, the, the Americans always make cock-ups in war, so uh, and maybe it was made by Americans. I don't know. I haven't seen it. It doesn't seem... It's not on my radar. Who's starring in it? Uh, somebody called something Cox. Brian Cox? Brian Cox, yeah, that sounds about right. So it was rubbish. Well, no, I mean, the thing, the acting was very good in it, but I just, I, it, the story didn't sort of uh, fit well with me. Yeah. Um, right, okay. Thank you very much indeed for that. Shall we, uh, shall we crack on? Uh, we can uh, crack on, yes. Because, you know, I thought it was time for Wales Mail. Have we got any this week? Yeah, I think we have. I thought it would be very good if you put uh, a little bit of echo on that. Uh, do it again, then. Wales Mail. OK, I'll put some echo on that. Why couldn't you put it on the first bit? I could have done, couldn't I, thinking about it? Yeah. Yeah, it's the same, the same thing, it isn't it? I've got to do the same process on that bit as mm. I could have done on the yeah. first Yeah. Um, right, John Hodgkin says, Congratulations, really perceptive comment on Corbyn. Your remark on Sky last Sunday. I'm not sure if Jeremy Corbyn is hard left exactly. I couldn't agree more. Corbyn is just about as hard left as Harold Macmillan and he's never had it so good Tories of the late 1950s. John Hodgkin says, Keep up the good work. Thank you very much indeed, John. Uh, Tim Simmons as well. He said, My partner, Leslie Abdella was really pleased to see you this morning on television when she turned it on for the news. You may recall the old days when she founded the All Party 300 Group for Women in Politics. I Actually, I do. I do. Uh, back in 1980, despite Margaret Thatcher entering Downing Street in 1979, there were only 3% of women in Parliament then. It has gone up every election since to over 30%, heading slowly to that 300 mark. Why not have a reunion on air of the women like Leslie who forged the foundations for this leap ahead? I think that's a very good idea. Very good idea. Why don't you email uh, Tim Simmons back and see whether we could uh, have a chat to Leslie, um, who I remember very well indeed, um, on next week's show? Uh, I will do. I'll uh, email Tim Simmons. Yeah. 
You've got the number, haven't you, the address? I have his email address, yes. Good, there, excellent, yeah. Um, right, OK, uh, what do we want to talk about now? I'll tell you what I want to talk Briefly, I want to talk about this, I know, and then we'll maybe get on to questions for the whale, shall we? It's your show. You do what you like. I'm just a mere I know, producer. I, know. I, I, don't, I don't know whether abortions or um, or the Queen. I think I'm going to do the Queen, actually, because uh, the, the abortion story uh, will run and run. I'm sure we can talk about that next week. Um, 65p per person per year for the Queen. Um, time for a pay rise, isn't it? I think it is. And she's got a pay rise, and it'll cost us each £1.25 a year more. And I'm prepared to pay. Aren't you? Because I think the royal family are brilliant. Sometimes not as brilliant as others, but I think at the moment we've got uh, a really good mix and we get them for less than a cup of coffee. Come on. It must be good value. If we didn't have the royal family, we'd have to vote in somebody else. And I know how much all of you hate to vote in elections. So we've got the pomp, we've got the ceremony, we've got the history, um, and it costs us a lot less than a bloody president would, let me tell you that. Uh, so let's see what you think, because I, I put that out on Facebook and I thought it'd be very interesting to get your thoughts on it. And here we go. These are some of them. Uh, Rod Hardesty. Hello, Rod. God, he used to work with me years ago. Uh, is that all? Money well spent, I say. Good man, Rod. Uh, Gary Fardo. Uh, she should retire now. It's not what you do when you're a monarch, Gary. You, you have to be there until you drop. Unless you abdicate, and nobody likes it if you abdicate. Uh, Joanna Quaid said, I would rather have her in charge. And the mess we have right now, well, I think that's... And that's a good point, isn't it? it, it we've got something as a kind of fail-safe. Andy Cudworth, the money doesn't go to the royal family. It goes towards the precept, which pays for sending them off on official business for the government. Money well spent, seeing as it brings in far more than it costs. Having a monarch also brings in millions more into the country in tourism than it costs. It's estimated that they bring in something like £7 billion alone in tourism money a year. The tax on that alone dwarfs what it costs to pay for their official engagements and to pay for the upkeep of state-owned buildings such as Buckingham Palace and Windsor Castle. You know, that's the other thing. Everybody's going on about, oh, we're, we're going to pay for loads of money to uh, upkeep Parliament and Buckingham Palace and Windsor Castle. Well, yeah. Even if we didn't have a monarchy, are you actually suggesting to me, are you actually suggesting to me that we would allow Buckingham Palace to fall into ruins and the House of Commons and Windsor Castle and all of those great historical homes around our country that we are so lucky to have? Are you, are you really suggesting that? Are there people who are so banal as to think that would be good? Call me 0117 one double seven one. Tell me your thoughts on that. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, Karen, uh, Karen Jane Beach says uh, we have just given her millions to keep her house looking good. I wonder if uh, I ask for mine to be upkept. Would they just give me Karen? That's ridiculous. Uh, Martin Francis says I can think of a lot of other people. My money is wasted on sixty-five p. I don't mind at all. Alan Bell, sixty-five p. Too much. I want a lifetime's refund, please. You're a prep, Alan Bell. Uh, Peter Jenkins, get rid of a lot of them. Peter, I'd rather get rid of you. I'd rather flush you down the nearest toilet. Uh, Stephen uh, Addison, um, why she gets enough money as it is, sorry, no. You're, 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 Stephen, are some of you completely and utterly unable to function as rational human beings? 
Susan Harris says, makes me laugh the spin they put on it to justify the royals getting a fortune for doing absolutely nothing. Well, I'm not going to read any more of that because, quite frankly, Susan, you're an idiot. You, um, Stephen, whatever his bloody name is, and idiot Jenkins, the lot of you, should be locked in the tower. Should be locked in the tower. You know, makes me laugh. The spin they put in it justifies the Roy's getting a fortune for doing nothing. You're an idiot, Susan. Quite frankly, you shouldn't even be listening to this show. I d- you are banned from listening again. Rob? Yes, sir. Susan, Peter Jenkins, they are not allowed to listen. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going All to right. uh, turn their receivers off. Jonathan Moore, uh, on the other hand, of course, can come right to the front... Uh, he says she deserves a rise. I don't begrudge 65p, uh, and I'm unemployed. You see, there's a real patriot. You know, the Queen does an amazing job. And if we didn't have a Queen, we would have a president. We would have to have somebody who fulfilled that role. And trust me, trust me, that role would be fulfilled in such an over-glamorous way with people not... Look at the individual amount of money that when they could, politicians used to claim on expenses. The royal family, I think, are a far better alternative. And for some stupid idiot to say, she doesn't do anything, I presume you're one of the... Jeremy Kyle Brigade. Oh, right, questions for the whale. I'm going to the pub. You're going to the pub now? Or, yeah, or, or, can we, or can we do questions for the whale and then you go to the pub? Yeah, questions for the whale, then I go to the pub. Okay, uh, David Booth. Hello, David. Why does the telly have to be disrupted for yet more sodding football? Do I have to beep out sodding? Yeah, well, you're you're in charge of the beeping. Yeah, I think you should. Uh, although I would let something go. I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there are enough sports channels. Why do we have to have it on 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 the terrestrial? Channel? Why do I, ITV and BBC One? Why do they want to bother with sport? Very true. You know, my uh, Coronation Street or my EastEnders gets always postponed and disrupted by yeah. football. I don't understand that. When, you know, Sky have adequate sports channels uh, and there are other... There's BT Sport. There are other sports channels, aren't there? The World Cup, I I, I, t- I would uh, have an exception to, because obviously that's... Would uh, you? Well, yeah, that's like, like the Olympics, isn't it? It's like, a, it's like a world thing. I mean, small clubs like Manchester United and stuff, I, I'm not bothered about. You're not? No. Oh, hang on just a minute. What am I doing? All oh, right, OK. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, OK, right. Uh, David Starr. Hello, David. Uh, Theresa May cannot fund the NHS, and yet she can find one billion to give to the DUP to prop up her minority government. Isn't misappropriation of public funds a criminal offence? I got all that out without making a mistake. Mm. Very good, and I would, uh, I would uh, hope we all bear that in mind when the next erection comes. Uh, I, I don't, uh, I, I, you know, I can't see Theresa May staying in, in government for much longer. I could be wrong, they're going to hang on. I am concerned about the backlash that giving this money to one political party in Northern Ireland could cause in the future. We just have to hope it doesn't. OK, Lottie Perry. All the signs are there. Are we heading for another financial crash? Um, who knows? I'd, 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 if I knew, um, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd stop spending money, I suppose. But I'd, 
all the signs are there. People are borrowing a lot of money. People are feeling confident at the moment. I'm surprised, actually, with the way things are going, that people are feeling this confident. But the problem is, as well, that people don't have enough money to live on. Lots of people have much less than they used to. The government can find a, a billion quid to give to Northern Ireland, but it can't put the wages of people up who work in the public sector, the private sector. Of course, if the public sector aren't getting pay rises, don't see a reason to put their money up. And uh, I think big companies, huge companies who are making lots and lots of money, um, and there are lots of them in this country, but insist on paying their workforce such poor amounts of money that most of the workforce, the basic workers, are on some kind of in-work benefit, then that, that this is completely wrong. People get richer and richer and richer at the top end off the backs of people that you and I, the taxpayers of this country, are part paying their wages of. That can't be right, can it? And I don't see any politicians of any side, and I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't have any truck with either side of politics in this country. I think it's about time we had some sensible politicians. You know, people should be able to make money and do well off their own back, an initiative. But those people who can't and aren't entrepreneurs must be helped as well. And the vast majority of us who are never going to be multimillionaires and, uh, but, but work hard have to uh, be paid a fair amount for it. You can't, when a supermarket is making billions of pounds and paying huge amounts of money to its shareholders and, and patting itself on the back as to how well it's doing, it can't then expect the British taxpayer to be paying benefits to its workforce because they're making so much money but they're still paying their workforce silly amounts, putrid amounts of money, puerile amounts of money, Any more? piffling amounts of money. Okay. I haven't finished. So, you know, I, I, the gap between rich and poor, which everybody talks about, is getting too big and it has to be controlled. It really has to be controlled. Middle management should not be earning so much more than the workforce. An executive shouldn't be earning that much. You know, you, there, there has to be regulation. And I think it all went pear-shaped when we found people like footballers could earn, you know, £350,000 a week, probably more now. The, money's going a bit silly. And if it carries on like this, um, it, it, there is going to be a tragic ending. Have you finished now? Yep. Okay. Jean Matheson. Hello, Jeannie. I've baked cakes. Would you like some? Yeah. I like coffee in particular. I like lemon drizzle and chocolate. Don't you want to know what her food hygiene rating is of her kitchen before you accept a cake? No, 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 no. I'll let you taste it first and then I'll eat it. So if I die or become severely ill... I won't eat it. Yeah. It might take a oh, few no. days for that to happen, though. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Gary Turner, who killed Bambi? Oh, this is an ongoing story, and it is what they call a cold case. But um, when I have the information, and I don't have it to hand at the moment, I will make sure that you are one of the first people to know. Okay. Uh, Michael Bassett. They make good sweets, then. They do, yeah. yeah. Uh, when was the Bassett man? Uh, Bertie, 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 yes, yeah. Uh, when is Steve N for Numpty Allen going to tell a joke that's funny? Um, I, I, I don't make any comments about uh, 
other people who fill in for me when I'm not on, and I don't listen either. Stephen, the old git Addison. When is somebody going to shut up the players? Uh, hang on. What? I knew we'd... I thought we'd gone through this too smoothly. Go on. When is somebody going to shut the players up, meaning no grunting when they play tennis? We, the public, have to keep quiet when the players are playing, so why can't they? You are an old idiot, aren't you, really? I mean, don't you get sort of excited when you hear the women grunt? I love it. I like a bit of female grunting, don't you? Do that that, um, tennis ball impression you do, the popping thing. And I rest my case. Thank you very much indeed, telly friends. Uh, if you've enjoyed it, telly friends more if you hated it. And if you've got something to say, a comment on something we've spoken about, or if you just want to sing a silly song, then get in touch by either emailing me at uh, jameswellradio at gmail.com or calling us on 0117-230-1771. I'm off to the pub. Have a great day. Bye-bye. to the James Well Radio Show. For more information, visit www.jameswellradio.co.uk. Why not check us out on facebook.com slash jameswellradioshow or follow James on Twitter at the James Whale. James Whale, the voice of reason. <laughs>